This is Mallory Irvin, and it's time for all of us to live fully. It's so important in this crazy world of ours that we stay connected, inspired, and motivated to be and do our best. And that's not always easy. I'm here with my guests and friends to share the stories and lessons we've learned to help you live your best life every day and truly begin living fully. Let's make it happen and get started with today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this week's podcast. Today, I have a special guest sitting across from me and talking about a very important subject. Hello, Kyle. Hello again. Thank you for having me (laughs) back on. I had Kyle on today's podcast because we are talking about something that is very important, that is critical for living your life to the fullest, and that is dating. That is dating slash choosing the right partner slash making the right moves once you're in the relationship, all things relationships, specifically dating. And I, I feel like we've talked about relationships, you know, on here a couple times before, and it's one of people's favorite things that we tend to talk about. And Mallory, you're somewhat an expert in this, aren't you? Because you've dated a lot of losers. Kyle! <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. I I dated some great men, but I ended up with Hmm. the greatest. No, yeah, there you go. That's a way to redirect that. So, you know, there is no greater decision that you can make in your life than the person and the people that you spend your time around. It affects everything. It affects your day-to-day. It affects the state that you're constantly in. And I think it holds a lot of people back from living their lives to the fullest because they're not intentional with the person that they choose. And we're going to talk about that today because this is such an important decision and something that I'm sure, you know, I'm sure a lot of you guys are, if you're in the dating world or if you're newly married, you're probably dealing with some of these same things. And Kyle and I, we've been together for seven years, over seven years. And we've been through a lot of different phases in our own relationship. Yeah. And I think this podcast today is, will connect with you. I mean, the dating world is so crazy now. It's wild. With like the Tinders and the Cupids. I don't know. But okay, all of that. Clearly, Colin like, and I have not experienced online dating because we can't even think of what it's called. The Cupids. Is I Cupid don't know, one of the apps, Kyle? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Christian Mingle, whatever it is. <laughs> it is, though. It's so different. It is, but I feel like what we have today is going to benefit you no matter what stage of life you're in, whether you're dating, whether you're single, whether you're married. There's lots of good stuff in here today. Yeah. And I think, too, even with the things that Kyle was just talking about, with the landscape of the way that people are meeting people these days, it is even more important that you know yourself, that you know red flags to look for, if you tend to be leaning towards codependency and other things that we're going to talk about in this episode, because let's face it, a lot of times you're meeting people that you don't know a lot about. So something that you can do to control that, if that's the way that you're dating, is to know yourself, is to know the things that you're not going to put up with, to know your the things that are bottom lines for you, to know the type of match that you feel is going to really elevate you in your life and, and help you to create the life that you want. Remember, You don't have to get married. You don't have to be in a relationship. I think some people think that's like a life requirement. At the end of the day, 
you want to live your best life. And if you find the right person, and if you're with the right person, you can truly do that, and that person can really help you to do that. If you're with the wrong person, and if you find the wrong person, that person can make it extremely hard for you to do that day after day. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Well, let's jump right in, Mallory. Okay, Kyle. So when Kyle and I were mapping out this episode, I actually had a different episode that I was going to film today, but I felt like this one was super important and it was on our minds. And I have a lot of thoughts around this and a lot of work that we've done and that I've done. So we really wanted to prioritize this one today and we were mapping it out. And Kyle said something that I I really agree with. He said, dating is a state of courage. And... I was like, yeah, you know, that's actually a really great way to put it because I think it is a state of courage and it is some, some time in your life where you really have to kind of, in order to end up with the right person, you have to have a lot of courage. You have to have courage to be yourself. You have to have courage to stay single possibly for when all your friends are married and having children. You have to have courage to get out of a relationship that you think is fine and like it gives you something to do on the weekends, but it's not making you a better person. So I think that that's a great statement. You know, dating is a state of courage. Kyle, do you want to talk on that a little bit too? You know, and I felt like that too because it takes a state of courage to really kind of dive in also to your past relationships that didn't work out just so you're not jaded to be open to a new relationship that could be great. Yeah. And that, that, that's hard to do. And it's also really hard to, I feel like dating and relationships, there's also that big gray area to where you're with somebody for a while and there's not really that breaking point to where, you know, okay, I need to get out of here, or this is not what I want. It usually stays. Now, if you're lucky enough to have one of those points, kind of that clear-cut ending, good for you. Mm-hmm. But I'd say 80% of the time, it's kind of that gray area where it takes courage to end that, and you know that's not something I want for the rest of my life, or I know that this is just going to be okay for the rest of my life, but what else is out there? It takes courage to kind of take that leap. Yeah. And to like be in the state of unknown, because I know like whenever I was a younger person, whenever I was like kind of going through my transition in my life, I had to do a lot of therapy and a lot of work. And I did a lot of work in relationships. And I did this thing, it was called a relationship timeline. And what you do is you write a timeline of your life and you write, you know, your relationships, you write who you were dating, when, whatever. And I realized for the first time in my life, I was always in a relationship. I was very rarely single. And I think that's why I never did my own work because I was always just with someone else. And in fact, I never could even go into the unknown. I could never even like break up with someone or get broken up with whatever it was and then be single for six months and then meet someone else. I always kind of had to have a prospect in the back of my mind before I'd let go. I was like a monkey. You loved love. You don't want to let go of one branch till you kind of got a grip <laughs> on the other. <laughs> That's how I was, climbing the tree of life. And I think that that really hindered me in my own self-improvement for years and years. And like Kyle just said, you really do have to have courage to step in the unknown because you're in a relationship that's fine and you're like, hey, is this it? Is There's an undercurrent of... 
I mean, I'm not feeling like joy spilling out my fingertips, but is this, this kind of seems like the relationship everybody else has. I'm here to tell you if that's the thought in your mind, get out because it can be really great. But you're going into the unknown and you don't see that person that's next. And then you're like, I don't even have a backup plan. And what if I don't meet someone for 10 years? So you have, you really have to be courageous and step into the unknown and, and choose to, you know, as Tony Robbins always said, one of my favorite quotes, burn the ships. If you want to take the island, burn the ships. You've got to get rid of the backup plan. Well, here's a, yeah. And here's the thing too. I feel like people that are dating there in a lot of times, and it's easy to fall into this, you know, the person always thinks that other person is going to change their life. Like you're, you're waiting on, I call it the white knight, the mm-hmm. white knight to come in on his horse and I say his horse because mostly women listen to your podcast. <laughs> He's going to come in on his horse. His hair is going to be blowing in the wind. And, oh, my God, he's going to make you so happy. <laughs> it's kind of what I did to Mal. But oh, that doesn't happen yeah. all the time. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. So, and it, and it really goes back to codependency. Like, if you are a sad, manic, frustrated, busy person, then after Prince Charming comes, after those first three to six months, you are going to be that same sad, manic, busy person projecting it onto Prince Charming. So how do we get out of the you know, sad, lonely state that we're in before we project it onto, as Kyle calls the white knight, Prince Charming? <laughs> <laughs> That's where you've got to do your own work. So I want to introduce something that I did a lot of work around when I did my own work, you know, five or six years ago. I want to talk about something that you hear. It's kind of a buzzword in therapy and and different kind of worlds like that. It's called codependency. And the definition of codependency, just very basically, is excessive emotional or psychological reliance on a partner. And I feel like that's the perfect definition. So... In just normal terms, codependency is, I'm not happy if you're not happy. And how many times have you said that? I've said that a lot. Well, what's wrong with you? Well, it's it's stressing me out because I can feel like something's wrong with you. Or somebody asks you, where do you want to go to dinner? I don't know. Where do you want to go to dinner? You know, there are little tiny things that we say that can be on any end of the spectrum of codependency. But codependency is a really serious thing because why codependency I feel like is so threatening to the whole concept of living fully is if your happiness is dependent on someone else, you're never going to find lasting happiness. You're never going to, you're never going to be able to do your own personal development because you're so dang focused on other person development. So I'm going to go through right now five of the the pillars I feel like that I worked on that I feel like I see in other people that are red flags of codependency and things to look out for, whether you're dating and looking to get into a relationship, you can look at your old dating patterns and see these things and try and change them before you get into the next relationship or whether you're in a marriage right now. These are things that I feel like we fall into all the time. And I think they are red flags and really amazing signs to redirect and get out of your own way. 
Now, let me give a little disclaimer here before Mal goes into her red flags. When you're dating, don't go on a date automatically looking for red flags and picking these people apart. Dating should be fun. Oh, yeah. And if you've got a connection, go on that. So, and also to touch back on codependency, it always doesn't have to be a person. You could be very codependent on your job. You could be very codependent when it comes to schooling. I mean, how how many people do we know who've spent years, oh, Becky's getting her master's or Becky's on her third degree. Like it comes to a point, it's like, okay, unless you specialize in something, get out of school and start living and be practical. So it can be a lot of different things. But go ahead, Mal. I just wanted to touch on that. And I think in terms of things like that, it's just looking for your next mark. Are you a person that you're staying in school and like you need that next, oh, I just, I I can only feel good about myself if I ace this or if I get two more degrees that I don't necessarily need for the goals that I have in life. But just because, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm dependent on that. I feel like codependency. Yeah. It can, it can show up in other places. It can also show up with, with parents. So people, if you're in your thirties and you're still looking to please your parents or you're doing things that make you unhappy because your parents think a certain way or need you to do a certain thing. I think that's something too that you can look at. And, you know, I'm one of the biggest family people in in the whole world, and I always say prioritize your family. But I think if it is causing you unhappiness, that's something to look at, and that could be something that's leading you down the path of codependency. So here are some of the things, though, that I feel like in particular can exist in the realm of dating and relationships. So these are all things that I think I've struggled with in the past. I think that Kyle has struggled with in the past. So we were just talking about things that really resonate with us. And I think a huge one is lack of trust in others. So you go into a relationship and you're constantly looking for something that that person's hiding, something that that person's doing wrong. You always think that they're doing, doing you wrong. You always think that something's going on. And you can't even exist in the present with that person to get to know them, to get to know if they could potentially be your match because you can't trust them. This is a red flag of codependency because what this is saying is if you're going to down the road do something to me or if you're going to down the road, if this isn't going to end up working out, I can't handle it because the way that it's going to make me feel. So I can't even take the chance on it in the now. I can't even let go and just be vulnerable, and just trust that everything's going to be okay. And if it's not okay, I'm going to be fine. It's hard to, yeah, it's really hard to live your best life if you're constantly in a guarded state. Yes, I agree. Especially in relationships. Because I think that people, hey, you're projecting like your former hurt on a person that had nothing to do with it. And I feel like that person's never going to get to know the real you because you're so focused on making sure that there's nothing wrong before you can even get to that level. Well, you're in a constant state of avoiding pain. Yeah. And it's just, you know, you can do that if you want, but to me, that's just an awful way to live. Agreed. And I think moving on to the next red flag or sign of codependency that we can work on is doing anything to hold on to a relationship. Wait, first let me say, yes, breakups are hard. I've been through many a breakup. I've been 
through breakups that have brought me to my knees where I literally thought I could not go on. They were some of the most painful things that I've ever experienced in my entire life. So I'm a person that sits here and knows the pain and just despair that comes from a breakup, whether someone's breaking up with you, whether you're breaking up with a person. So I know it's really hard when that relationship ends. So I know why people hold on to every last thread of a relationship because they don't want to feel that. But here's something that back in high school and through college, like if my friends were going through a breakup, I would write this on an index card and I would hand it to them. This is so temporary. I would write that on an index card and I would hand it to them. And I was like, just look at that and just remember that because in three months, you're going to look back and whether you're in a new relationship or whether you're not, you're going to understand why that was supposed to end and you're not going to feel as bad as you do now. And what I say to you, if you're a person that's like, gosh, I can't feel that pain, or if you're a person that's feeling that pain right now, temporary pain is a heck of a lot better trade-off for a lifetime of pain, for a lifetime of something that is not right for you. And I promise you that maybe in three months, maybe in six months, maybe in a year, you're going to feel better. And I just encourage you, if you know a relationship is over and you know it's not for you, or if a person is just not choosing you, if this person just, you can tell they just don't want to be with you, they're not making the effort, they're not making the changes, let it go. In the words of Elsa off Frozen, let it go. (laughs) (laughs) And that always, Mal, something you said for whatever reason stuck out to me, you know, if you go through a breakup, a separation, whatever, it's it does suck and it's okay to sit in that pain for a little bit but maybe take a few months off and by a few months maybe you know i don't know if i want to time stamp it but take three to four months off and really take that time to evaluate it and just have fun and kind of get back on track you don't have to jump into the the sea of people right off the bat you know i mean kind of go through that process and let your body, mind, and soul kind of just live that process out. I agree. And moving on to the third thing, and this is something that can really apply dating, married, not even in a relationship at all. And this is a huge marker of codependency. Overgiving in a relationship or to something slash doing it all. Because your happiness in your relationship or whatever it is, is only derived from your partner or whatever that thing is from their happiness. So I'm going to give and give and give. I'm going to do everything 10 times more than you're doing because I need you to be happy so I can be happy. I think that that is another red flag. And can you imagine if you took that energy and put it into yourself to find happiness within a day? So, you know, Kyle and I were just talking about something, how we have a lot of very similar interests. We're lucky in that and to be in a relationship where we share a lot of interests, but we do have different interests. So Kyle was just like, you know, I like to golf. Say I want to play 18 holes of golf. What if I were like, I don't, I mean, I don't particularly like to golf. Doing 18 holes of golf is not going to make me happy at the end of the day and feel full and fulfilled. Maybe going to the spa will. Or listening to podcasts and like walking up a treadmill. Or there's a lot of other things that I can think of that would make me happy. But there was probably a time in my life, or are you a person that does this, that's like, oh, sure, 
I'll play 18 holes of golf with you because that's going to make you happy and then that's going to make me happy. (laughs) If you are a person that's doing that or that thinks like that, I want you to notice when you are doing something that you are not interested in. And I want you to stop right there and realize what you're doing and choose yourself and choose filling up your own cup and long-term being able to really master that skill, being able to first notice when you're sacrificing yourself for others in the pursuit of happiness, that's really going to serve you long-term. That's really going to serve you in your relationships. That's really going to serve the person that you are to other people. Let me put a little disclaimer in there. Sometimes you got to do some crap you don't want to do. So say your boyfriend loves axe throwing. You may want to go with him once or twice, maybe throw an axe or two. I get it. But there's just a, there's a fine balance with all that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And it, it, obviously it is important to compromise. I've talked about that. Compromise on things because you're going to be two different people, hopefully, coming into a relationship. So, yes, while there is a fine line in doing things that other people are interested in, don't do things just because it's going to make a person happy. And that's the only source that you're deriving your happiness from. It's okay not to like what the other person likes. (laughs) That is okay. Yeah, it is. (laughs) So another thing too, that I feel like, especially whenever I was younger, I saw a lot of people my age doing this. And I think I have done this before in my relationships is you see people that look for people who need to be saved or fixed or altered in a lot of ways. That's a red flag, I think, for codependency because if you're seeking out a person that has something wrong that you need to fix, you need to look at that. Why is it that you need to fix someone else in order to feel good about yourself? I think, I mean, I'm in a space where I love helping other people through things that I've been through in my own life. People did this for me. I love the space that I'm in right now. It's, it's amazing. I think it's one of my life's callings. But there is a difference in helping people through your own experiences and seeking out people with quote-unquote problems that you think that you can fix and thinking everyone needs your own brand of guidance and doing that to a point of not helping yourself. So I think when it becomes a problem is when you're only looking to save other people, is when you're only looking to date other people that have issues or, or things that you feel like you can fix. Because that's when I think it's a problem. Yeah, and it's not like people go out seeking these people. It, it, it just kind of happens. Yeah, it's unconscious. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So I call these things red flags because if you're doing these things, you may not even realize that you're doing these things until you kind of hear this. I didn't realize I was doing some of these things until I did some really intentional work around relationships, until I sat down with a therapist and did relationship timelines and looked at times in my life where things were just a mess and realizing, of course, I'm not focused on myself and what's going on internally because I'm always with someone else and I'm grasping at straws and I'm still getting enough happiness and feeling good about myself from another person that I I don't have to do my own work yet. And I will say, you know, Kyle and I talk about our own experiences a lot and we've been through a lot of phases of our own relationship in the past seven plus years. And I will say 
that six plus years ago, you know, when Kyle and I, we had been dating for a while and then we broke up. This is right before I really jumped in and turned my life around. I feel like we both of us did that. I'm here to tell you that had that not happened, and it was devastating when it happened because here we are married, so we clearly like knew that there was really something special about this relationship, but there was also something that was off. And if that relationship hadn't ended when it did, I never would have had to do my own work. And I honestly don't think I would be sitting here today. I certainly wouldn't be sitting here today talking about the things that I'm talking about. So those times in your life where you are going through the deepest pain because something's ended or because something's off and you have to make a hard decision, they can be the things that save your life. And they can be the things that point you in the right direction. And maybe you'll, like me, end up with that person again down the road. And maybe you won't. But I'll tell you what right now, from personal experience, it is all for the better. So have the courage to make a change, to get out, to look at yourself if you're doing any one of these five things and really do some personal work around them because it's literally going to change your life. And when you can end up with the person that is truly a match for you, it can elevate your life and your days and your existence on this earth to such a level you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe it unless you're in one of those relationships that you can see. It can be such an amazing thing. So if you feel like you're in a relationship where it's more like a battle than a celebration, I want you to take this as a sign and really look at it, really look at yourself and make some moves. If you're a person that's in the dating world and you have noticed things in the past that you've done that we talked about today, try and make that change before you jump into the next relationship and really give it an honest shot. And if you're a person that's married, that sees yourself leaning into some of these codependent tendencies, like we all do, notice them when they come up and really make an effort in the next few weeks to try and change those things. Because that's the great thing about the lives that we're living is we can make a new choice every day. And it's going to help you. It's going to help your relationship. It's going to help your future relationship, whatever it is. And it's going to really, really help you to live your life to the fullest if you can get this piece of your life right. Because it's so important. Don't just let someone come into your life and end up marrying them just because they're there. Really be intentional about your relationships. Really be intentional about who you are in a relationship. And it'll change your life. So... We wanted to talk about that today. Oh, Kyle's holding his finger up. I don't know what. Oh, well, I thought I was well, yeah, Kyle? I was just going to interject <laughs> very quickly and you know, without speaking for Mal, I know we say a lot in this podcast of make that change. Don't settle. You know, maybe making that change isn't automatically ending something. Maybe making that change is having a conversation with your partner and saying, hey, I want to sit down and talk. Let's try to get this back on course. I don't know. I, I just, it, it made me think of that. Yeah. You know, I maybe mean, it's not all or nothing. Yeah. Times. yeah. Yeah. A lot, a lot of times it's a conversation and you have to be able to be open to the change and have a discussion about the change instead of just hitting the bricks, you know? And I, I guess since we're ending this, I didn't know if we wanted to give people tips on like 
things to put in their Tinder or online dating profile <laughs> that may help them? <laughs> or should I pass or just save those for my Instagram maybe? Okay, Kyle, you can share those things on your Instagram. <laughs> okay, stay tuned to my Instagram. I will be giving you tips on, ladies, what to put on your online dating profile. Coming from a person that's never had an online dating profile. <laughs> but I, I, and I, his I see, wife. I see I, um, my babysitter. Let's me look at hers. So I kind of see what's going on. I know what's out there. I'm, I'm in the game a little bit. I'm the outside not his looking babysitter, in. babysitter, his children's babysitter. Yes, you're right. You're right. <laughs> it's a fascinating world that we never got to be in. But if you're a person in that world, be yourself and be the version of yourself who can find their own happiness before you get into that relationship because that's, that's going to really give it an honest shot. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> so thank you all for listening to this episode today, this conversation on dating and marriage and codependency. These are things that are really important to Kyle and I, and we want to talk to you guys about those today. So thank you so much for listening and tune in next Monday. Thanks, Kyle, for being on my show today. You're very welcome. I had no choice. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us on Living Fully with Mallory Irvin. And remember to subscribe so you don't miss a single minute of encouragement and inspiration to live your best life. Want more? Join us on MalloryIrvin.com so we can connect with you on Instagram and YouTube. Start living your life now. You've only got one. We'll see you next time. <laughs>